This is Dr. Canadiana, a podcast about Canadian theatre history. I'm your host, Ashley Williamson. Episode 5, Part 1, Mandates and Manifestos. Last week, I discussed Theatre Passmerai and the influence it had in the Canadian alternative theatre scene, and particularly its use of collective creation and the shift this method made to how Canadian plays were developed. Jim Gerard, the company's original founder, said, quote, There should be no walls of preconception about what theatre could be. Producing plays that are new and different and thought-provoking is what's important, to explore new models, end quote. This goal was refined in 1971 when Paul Thompson took the helm, and added the development of theatre projects about identifiably Canadian social and political issues to the company's mandate. It is this idea, mandate, that is the topic for this episode. This week's podcast will be recorded and released in two parts. In the first part, I will discuss the use of mandates in the development of Canadian theatre in the 70s and 80s, and how this practice persists now and what the benefits and drawbacks of having a specific mandate can be for a company. While you listen, I would like you to keep in mind next week's topics, playwrights and playwriting. The mandates outlined by the theatre companies in the episode are directly responsible for the plays and playwrights most associated with the Canadian theatre canon. In part two, which will be released two days from now, I will be in conversation with Ravi Jane, the founder and artistic director of Why Not Theatre. Ravi Jane is a celebrated playwright and theatre maker whose work I would consider new Canadian canon. He has benefited from the theatre mandates of the 70s. He has also needed to consider the pros and cons of mandate development for his own theatre company. So we will begin. What is a mandate? To me, a mandate is a theatre company's thesis statement. The plays they choose to stage, the directors and performers they will hire, their marketing materials. All of these choices should link back to their mandate. These statements can be simple. Crowd-pleasing musicals, or classics people love, or plays we can do on a tight budget in this small town. Having a guiding statement is not unique to Canadian theatres. However, in a post-centennial theatre landscape, the mandates being drawn up or revised by companies across Canada move beyond describing what kind of audience the company is hoping to attract, although those do play a role, and instead outright state what they think Canadian theatre should be. And for many companies, the first step to enacting this was supporting Canadian plays and playwrights. The examples I will use here are Factory Theatre and Tarragon Theatre, both Toronto theatre companies founded in the 70s with a strong commitment to Canadian plays, and playwrights. Factory Theatre Lab, now just Factory Theatre, was founded in 1970 by Ken Gass. The theatre's founding mandate was to produce only new Canadian works. Gass is quoted as saying, by limiting the factory to only new Canadian plays, we were forced to abandon the security blanket of our colonial upbringing. It was the first company in the country to produce only Canadian plays, and it became known as, quote, the home of the Canadian playwright, close quote. In the early years, the company held acting and writing workshops and sponsored playwriting contests. In its first decade, it had produced more than 50 Canadian plays. 
A huge number of canonical Canadian plays and performances have come out of Factory Theatre, including Crossing Over by Neil Monroe, The Res Sisters by Thompson Highway, Rick Mercer's One Man Shows, Robert Lepage's The Dragons Trilogy, and The Kids in the Hall. For many years, playwright George F. Walker was its in-house writer, and the company produced his Criminals in Love, Art of War, Escape from Happiness, and the Suburban Motel Trilogy, among his other works. The mandate held steady for 40 years, with season after season of new Canadian plays being produced. The attention to and support of Canadian drama by Factory Theatre created opportunities that might not have been available to many playwrights and plays. However, it also created a new, particularly Canadian production problem, the pressure for a second run. Sure, your play was produced at Factory. Factory needed a slate of new plays every season. But did it get picked up anywhere for a second run? In the last five years, under Factory's current artistic director, Nina Lee Aquino, the mandate has been refined. It is still a Canadian-only shop, but the emphasis has been taken off only new. In the 2015-16 season, the company presented six Canadian classics to celebrate the depth and range of Canadian drama. Age of Arousal by Linda Griffiths, Banana Boys by Leon Oreos, Bombay Black by Anosh Irani, Saltwater Moon by David French, A Line in the Sand by Guillermo Verdecchia and Marcus Youssef, and The Crackwalker by Judith Thompson. The 2016-17 season was dubbed Beyond the Great White North and examined cultural, social, and racial diversity with all of the plays by playwrights of color, such as How Black Mothers Say I Love You by Trey Anthony, Little Pretty and the Exceptional by Anrushri Roy, in the 2017-18 Factory season, it was a series of co-productions and collaborations with other theater companies, such as Cahoots Theater, Night Swimming, Blood Pact Theater, and the Thousand Island Playhouse. This shift in the mandate has refreshed Factory Theater's role in both Toronto and with co-production beyond. The mandate now reads, quote, Factory's mission is to enthrall audiences with the imagination of Canadian playwrights and develop the next generation of diverse theater artists. Their website proclaims them fiercely Canadian. Tarragon Theatre was founded in 1971 by Bill Glasgow and his wife Jane Gordon. Like Factory Theatre, Tarragon's mandate was focused on supporting and producing Canadian works. However, Tarragon's commitment moved beyond putting Canadian works on stage to also developing plays and playwrights. Tarragon Theatre is known for its dramaturgy and playwriting programs, and it is for this reason it became one of the most important houses in the country for Canadian drama development. Tarragon Theatre has premiered more than 200 works, and as the Canadian Theatre Encyclopedia notes, it, quote, continues to have an uncanny ability to identify writing talent and good works. Plays produced there typically do not fade into obscurity and in many cases are remounted at theaters across the country and worldwide, end quote. Playwrights who have had work premiere at Tarragon include David French, Michael Healy, Rosa Laborde, Daniel McIver, Hannah Moscovich, Morris Panich, James Rainey, 
and Judith Thompson. Tarragon's website also notes that it has, quote, been a pioneer in presenting Quebecois plays in translation, notably works by Michel Tremblay and Carol Frichette and Wajdi Muad. The plays and playwrights have less of a second-run problem coming from Tarragon. One of the reasons for this, I think, was the creation of the playwriting unit in 1982 by the then artistic director, Urjo Correda. Correda was thorough and attentive in his dramaturgy, and his letters to playwrights about their work are legendary. Tarragon has also had an extensive workshopping program, a process which allows playwrights to see their work on its feet and to get valuable feedback from directors and actors. Tarragon also has a Playwright-in-Residence program, which helped form stable, long-term relationships and collaborations with Canadian playwrights. Tarragon's mandate is not limited to producing exclusively Canadian plays. However, it is deeply committed to helping develop Canadian playwriting talent. Both companies have well-documented track records of living by their mandates of producing and supporting Canadian plays. I would argue that several other factors, such as permanent theatre space and location, stability of leadership and finances, and audience demographics, have also played a role in how each of these theatres' mandates have been maintained or revised over time. Factory theatres' early years had them moving around before they finally bought and settled into their Bathurst Street space in 1999. Tarragon, on the other hand, bought its space in 1987. Factory had several artistic directors over the course of its time, particularly in the 90s. It also had a contentious split with Ken Gass before finding stability with Nina Lee Aquino in 2013. Tarragon spent 20 years with Carreta at its head. The audience demographics were also very different, both in makeup and expectation. Factory theaters perceived as downtown, edgy, and unpredictable, whereas Tarragon is in a quiet neighborhood and offers well-vetted stability. Currently, the expectation seems to be a more diverse and multicultural voice at Factory under Aquino, with Tarragon continuing to be a careful and stable theater environment, producing thoughtful, well-constructed plays most recently under the guidance of Richard Rose. More on mandates after the break. Butter Tart wants to know what you're having after Thanksgiving dinner this year. Is it a family pack of Butter Tarts? Just in time for our mid-autumn break, Butter Tart is ready to send you not one, not two, not six Butter Tarts, but a full dozen to share with the fam or to eat all by yourself because of renewed distancing measures. Butter tart, sweet consistency for these uncertain times. Use promo code MANDATE. So far I've used Factory Theatre and Tarragon Theatre as examples about a mandate's role in new play development. However, mandates are also crucial for other things, such as developing community. Companies like Obsidian Theatre, founded in 2000, make theatre about and with Black artists. Fujen Theatre, which emphasized Asian-Canadian stories, or Cahoots Theatre's focus on multicultural stories. 
Acting Up stage, now called the musical stage, has a mandate to support creation of new musicals. Mandates are also crucial for securing funding. The Canada Council, the Ontario Arts Council, the Toronto Arts Council, and any other funding body, including the members of the public making donations, want a clear, persuasive argument for why they should write a big check. And most often, a strong, well-written mandate is what will get those checks written. It is also important to note that mandates are not unchangeable, and how they shift and why is also worth thinking about. Factory's theatre mandate moved away from only new so that they could present plays in second runs, return to classics, and create seasons with cohesive themes, all strategies that help them renew themselves artistically and attract new audiences. Passmarai has also expanded and revised its mandate. It is still committed to Canadian plays, but it no longer expects to create them solely with collective creation. Theatre companies sometimes shift their creative scope to address the community left out of the conversation, or sometimes because it will help them align with donors and government funding expectations. Buddies in Bad Times Theatre, generally agreed upon as Canada's first queer theatre company, was founded in the late 70s by Sky Gilbert, with a focus on poetry and staging poems. Queerness came later as the company and its audience evolved and Gilbert and his collaborators moved to fill a gap in the theatre landscape. Nightwood Theatre, which I discussed last episode, is Canada's longest running and most famous feminist theatre company. That wasn't the intention when they started. The women who began the company were interested in working collectively in the Passmarai model. However, the media were unable to see a company made up only of women as anything other than explicitly women's only theater. And so the group embraced the label, became overtly politically feminist, and used it to leverage funding in the form of Canadian Council grants and public donors. Next week, there won't be an episode of Dr. Canadiana as the university will be on break for Thanksgiving. So in a fortnight, I will be back to discuss the development of Canadian playwriting. I will connect the discussion to both collective creation and mandates, and also include topics like the Gaspé Manifesto, dramaturgy, and regionalism. Until next time, eh? Resources consulted for this episode include the Factory Theatre, Tarragon Theatre, and Theatre Passmarai websites, as well as their entries in the Canadian Theatre Encyclopedia. I also referenced the chapter on alternative theatres in Benson and Connolly's Canadian Theatre in English.